0: Al-Bashir, your source of Islamic literature presents Al-Akhirah, The Afterlife, Part 2, narrated by Imam Anwar al-Awlaqi.
1: Alhamdulillah, sallam wa alihi wa Back to our journey to Jannah, and we're imagining that we have somebody guiding us through it, and we said that we want you to imagine that that person is yourself. And you're going through this tour of paradise So you made it through the gates of Jannah You went through And Rasulullah وسلم says in the hadith which we talked about earlier That you will know your place in Jannah More than you knew your house in Dunya So instinctively You will know where your residence is and it will go through the gate. And your heart will guide you through the tracks in Jannah. Until you reach to your residence. And you're passing by all of these wonderful scenes in Jannah. But your heart is attached to your house. You want to go and see what Allah has reserved for you. So you make it through the winding roads until you get to your property. And you see this huge mansion that belongs to you. Beautifully built. A brick of gold and a brick of silver. Wonderful colors. Huge. Architecture that is something that we don't know of in this world. Because in Jannah there are no limitations of gravity and the material of Jannah is not restricted by the And mechanics of material that is on earth. So there's no concrete in Jannah. There's no granite. There's no tiles. None of that stuff. Palaces of gold and silver. And you're getting closer and closer to your palace. And then you see something that makes you freeze in your tracks. And you become immobile and you can't move any further. Because of the stunning beauty of what you have seen And that is your wife in jannah But before we get into that Let's talk a little bit about your palace Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says "Lakin
2: الَّذِينَ رَبَّهُمْ لَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa
1: ta'ala says, But it is for those who fear their Lord that lofty mansions, one above another, have been built. So There is a lot of emphasis you're going to see when we're talking about Jannah about things above each other So we're not going horizontally. This is going in every direction As I said we're not on the surface of the earth Living on a crust on a planet You're living in a place Jannah the width of it looks like the heavens and earth. That's just the width Let alone the length and the depth so things are above each other and to the side is going in every direction and only Allah knows if Jannah is limited to the three known directions. I mean the three uh, dimensions. There could even be other dimensions that are there. Uh, this is just speculation, but uh, Jannah is different. min Mansions above mansions. And they're all lofty and high. Beneath them flowing rivers. So now the rivers are not going side by side, it's going under them. Such is the promise of Allah, never does Allah fail in His promise. And everything that we have in Dunya there is something that resembles it in Akhirah. And the resemblance is in the name. But the quality is different. So just as there is fire in Dunya, there is fire in Akhirah. But this fire is only one seventieth of the fire of Akhirah. And it even looks different because Rasulullah says that hellfire was burnt. For a thousand years until it became red. And then it was burned for another thousand years until it became dark. So imagine black fire. So there is fire in dunya and there is fire in akhirah, but they are different. Same thing with jannah. There is water in jannah. There is milk in jannah. There is wine in jannah. There are mansions in jannah. But the only thing in common they have with these things in dunya is the name. In terms of quality and quantity, it's completely different. So, as there are tents in this world, you're going to have tents in, in Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <coughs> Companions restrained in goodly pavilions. So, you have these huge pavilions. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu الله عليه uh, says that, Actually that's not a pavilion That will be a, a hollow pearl Khadija alayhi salam Jibreel has came down to Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And told him Khadija is now Approaching you, she's bringing some food for you Tell her That Allah is giving her salam And I am giving her salam And give her the good news That she will have a palace in Jannah One pearl That is hollow from the inside La سخب Fihi. Uh, it means there is no noise in there nor any fatigue. SubhanAllah, Jibreel is coming down from the heavens to tell Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to convey the salam of Allah and Jibreel to Khadija alayhi salam. Jibreel is coming down and, and telling Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم that your wife is coming now. She's on her way. Tell her that Allah is giving her salam. And I am giving her salam. In another hadith in a tirmidhi Rasulullah ﷺ says, There will be rooms in Jannah where you can, from the outside, you can see the inside. And from the inside, you could see the outside. Now how does that work out? We don't know. But it's something in Jannah We're talking about this special architecture That cannot be described If you're outside you can see the inside If you're inside you can see the outside And uh, one Bedouin He asked Rasulullah ﷺ Who will these palaces belong to Rasulullah ﷺ said لِمَنْ أَطَابَ الْكَلَامِ وَأَطْعَمَ الْطَعَامِ وَأَدَامَ الصِّيَامِ وَصَلَّةَ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسْ نِيَامِ For the ones These rooms will belong For the ones who Speak good words and they feed the poor, and they fast, and they pray at night when people are asleep. These special rooms will belong to them. jannati tura min wa min Qama And Rasulullah says in Al Bukhari. A pavilion in paradise is like a hollow pearl Which is 30 miles in height And on every corner of the pavilion The believer will have a family That cannot be seen by others So these are the palaces of Jannah How can we increase our property Our real estate in Jannah Number one if you build a masjid for the sake of Allah Allah will build for you a palace in paradise Number two Rasulullah sallallahu says If you pray 12 rak'ah of sunnah on a daily basis Allah will give you a palace in paradise What are these 12 sunnah? Two before Fajr Four before Dhuhr Two after Dhuhr Two after Maghrib And two after Isha'ad So every day, you could be building for yourself a new house in Jannah. While it's going to take you years and years to establish for yourself a small piece of property in this world, in Akhirah in Jannah, you could get it on a daily basis by just praying 12 rakah a a day. So let's not let go of this humongous reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hiding for us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be among the people of paradise So uh, he's walking up and he goes next to his palace And then suddenly he just cannot move And he sees his wife Whether it is his wife from Jannah or his wife from Dunya He will just see her face And freeze in his tracks And he will just sit there contemplating at her beauty Beauty that is We are incapable of describing In worldly terms Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Says about them وَكَوَاعِبَ أَتْرَابًا Companions of equal age And Allah says إِنَّا أَنْشَأْنَاهُنَّ
2: إِنْ شَاءً فَجَعَلَّاهُنَّ أَبَكَارًا
1: We have created their companions of special creation And made them virgin, pure and undefiled Beloved by nature, equal in age Their beauty is so much That it is said by one of the scholars who wrote about Jannah That this man will stand there and stare at her for 40 years Just contemplating at her beauty And these women of Jannah are not beautiful because they were voted in by a panel of men at a beauty contest. They are beautiful because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that they are beautiful. And it's enough for us to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that they are beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The translation of the ayah is In them will be fair companions, good and beautiful So it's enough when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He is beautiful That it will really be beautiful This uh, beauty of the wives in Jannah Which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described in Qur'an Again I'm saying that it is something that we cannot describe in worldly terms Because we're talking about a completely different dimension And Rasulullah sallallahu says To bring this point a little bit closer To our understanding Rasulullah sallallahu says in a hadith That is mentioned in a tirmidhi Actually in Bukhari لو أن مرأة من أهل الجنة اطلعت إلى أهل الأرض لأضاءت ما بينهما ولا ريحا ولا نصيفها على رأسها خير من الدنيا وما فيها Rasulullah sallallahu says In Bukhari, in this hadith narrated by Anas ibn Malik If one of the women of Jannah Would just appear To the people of this world The distance between the heavens and earth Would be filled with light And her scent Will cover the whole distance And the scarf that she has on her head Is better than the world and everything in it This son of ours That lights up this earth is very close to us, but if we go further away in the planetary in the solar system, the ray lights of the sun barely reach and penetrate the other parts of the universe. And here we have a woman from the woman of Jannah. She is at a distance that is much further than the sun. Nevertheless, her light will fill the whole distance between the heaven and earth, and her scent will also be smelled by the people of Dunya even though she is in Jannah. And then Rasulullah ﷺ says that the scarf that she has on her head is better than the world and everything in it, this piece of cloth. A piece of cloth is better than the world and everything in it. Once Rasulullah ﷺ received the gift, a piece of cloth, so the Sahaba were quite impressed with it. They were passing it around and they were touching it. Rasulullah ﷺ, he smiled and he said, it seems that you are impressed by the quality of this piece of cloth. The handkerchiefs of Mu'adh ibn Jabal in paradise are better than this So the quality of everything in Jannah is better than everything we have in dunya When we enter into Jannah, we'll have a different form of creation Here we have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the Hur al insha. We have created them with a special creation So the wives have a special creation And the same thing with the men, they will have a special creation it is said that we will have the height of Adam السلام, Which we said is about 90 yards We will have the beauty of Yusuf We will have the age of Isa السلام, 33 years old So we will have A different creation, different khalq In Jannah And men in dunya Compared to men in akhirah Are going to be impotent The abilities in Jannah Are completely different than dunya And once Rasulullah wasalam, was talking about this so the Sahaba were quite shocked and amazed With the description of Rasulullah Sallallahu This is the hadith in Al-Tirmidhi So they asked Rasulullah Sallallahu and said Is this possible? Rasulullah Sallallahu said A man in Jannah will have the strength of a hundred men of this world Everything in Jannah is multiplied Whether we are talking about quality or quantity of everything Everything is better Some of the other descriptions that Allah Taala has given for Al-Hur La'een Allah Taala says like unto rubies and coral. And Rasulullah Sallallahu says in another hadith that uh, the woman of Jannah will be so beautiful that you would be able to see the marrow bone or the marrow in the bone from behind the clothes. And I keep on thinking about how this is possible And how this could be a sign of beauty And it's quite difficult to imagine But keep in mind that Rasulullah ﷺ has seen this And he's trying to convey it to us But because our minds are unable to grasp This different dimension of Jannah It is all an approximation No matter how hard you try to imagine what is in Jannah It will only be a fraction of the real thing. So now you spent all of these years staring at your wife and then you will enter into your mansion. And everything is new to you. Everything is new. Everything is an experience. You take a look at the furniture that you have in that mansion and you just go around looking at The way it looks, the way it is arranged, the quality of it And it just go from room to room Saying Alhamdulillah And it's an insult to call it furniture Because there's no comparison But you go in and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Therein will be thrones of dignity Raised on high وَأَكْوَابٌ مَوْضُوْعَةٌ And goblets placed and ready. مَصْفُوفَةٌ And cushions set in rows. So not only is it beautiful, but the way it is arranged. مَصْفُوفَةٌ The way the furniture is arranged is special. So imagine that there is an angel that is a specialist in arranging the, the furniture for you in your mansions. It is not you or your wife who went to a shopping center and bought this stuff and then arranged it according to your taste. This was specially prepared for you. So you and your wife will go around looking at all of this stuff and the wife is just amazed by the taste and the art of the angels who have arranged all of this for you. And wondering how did they do it. And comparing this to how she used to arrange your house in dunya and seeing the difference of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Both of you in Jannah So even the way it is arranged was special And then you look at all of these carpets Spread around So you'll go and have a seat On some of these cushions and pillows And you're touching all of the fabric And you're impressed with everything They will recline with ease on thrones of dignity, arranged in ranks, and we shall join them to companions with beautiful, big, and lustrous eyes. So, you'll sit on these cushions, and just that experience itself will be uh, pleasurable for you. So, you're gonna spend a few months sitting on these cushions, just enjoying the comfort of it. And when I say a few months, I don't think that this is an exaggeration. You don't have any appointments in Jannah. You're not in a hurry to do anything. There's no time that is rushing you. You have an unlimited amount of time to do whatever you want. In fact, you will walk out of your palace, and we'll talk about when you walk out of your palace, and you might come across a rose that looks very nice to you. So just sit there watching this rose for a year. There's nothing rushing you. You don't have any work to do. You don't have to work for anybody. And then you have all the time in Jannah to do whatever you want. So everything can wait. You can just sit there in front of a rose and just enjoy the beauty of it for a year. You don't have to rush yourself into anything. So you just sit on those couches for a few months, enjoying yourself, talking to your wife about the whole experience of going through the grave and Yawm Al-Qiyamah, all of those uh, tough moments. And then your wife will tell you, let's go out and take a look at the rest of our property. So, you are going to say, no, I enjoy it here very much. This couch is very nice. She's going to say, listen, you kept me at home in dunya. Let's go out now and take a look at what Allah has given us. And now you want to stay at home. You used to go in dunya and work uh, and leave me at home. And now in jannah you want to keep me here. So, she will convince you to go out. So, both of you will go out of your palace to take a look at the property that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And if the lowest level in Jannah, uh, Allah will give that person how much? Uh, ten times the earth and everything in it in size. If you are one of the people in the higher levels, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among the highest, then you're going to have property that must be described in light years. Uh, because we said that the difference in levels in Jannah is huge. that wa akbaru that The levels in Akhirah are huge. So if... The lowest person is ten times this earth. Then the person above him will have more. But the difference will be great between the two levels. So we're talking about humongous real estate that you will have in Jannah. So you will go out with your wife to take a look at what you have. But before that you want to have something to eat and something to drink. And while you're sitting on these couches you'll have all of these youth running around in beautiful uniforms. Wonderful exotic colors And they're all smiling And they're serving you all of this stuff That you have never seen before And just looking Just staring at these youth When they are serving you And how bright their faces are And how smiling and how welcoming they are Is an enjoyment in itself Ibn Kathir He says يَطُوفُ عَلَى أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ لِخِدْمَةِ وَلْدَان مِنْ وَلْدَانِ الْجَنَّةِ مُخَلَّدُونَ أي على حالة واحدة مخلدون عليها لا يتغيرون عنها لا تزيد اعمارهم عن تلك السن ابن كثير says the people of jannah will be served by youth that live for eternity they never change and they never grow in age and then he said واذا رايتهم في انتشارهم في قضاء حوائج الساده وكثرتهم وَصَبَاحَةِ وجوههم وحسن الوانهم وثيابهم وحليهم حسبتهم لؤلؤا منثورا Ibn Kathir says, if you see how many they are and how willing they are to serve you and how bright their faces are and how beautiful these faces are and how they are smiling all the time and you look at the colors of their clothes and all of the jewelry that they're wearing, they appear to you to be scattered pearls. When you see them, it looks like scattered pearls. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says,
2: and
1: round about them will serve youths made eternal. If you see them, you would think them scattered pearls. So you don't have to do anything. Your wife doesn't have to do anything. Your wife doesn't even have to walk into any kitchens because you won't have any kitchens in your uh, there is no cleaning that is involved. It is pure enjoyment for both of you. So you're sitting there and you're being served by uh, all of these uh, wonderful servants and you'll have something to drink and something to eat and then you'll leave. And you'll take a guide with you, one of your servants, to guide you through your property because it's just huge. And as soon as you walk out of your mansion, this wonderful smell will fill your nostrils. And you're wondering where is it coming from. So you'll go around trying to locate the source. And then you'll find that it's coming from the soil of Jannah. And you'll pick that soil up. And it is pure white musk. So you might think that maybe the landscaper thinks that we are special people. And they brought us all of this special soil around our mansion. But you'll go around and you'll find it the same thing all over Jannah. This was given to everyone The soil in Jannah is white pure musk Rasulullah ﷺ says in the hadith in Al-Bukhari وَإِذَا تُرَابُهَا al-musk." It is like white shining pure musk That is the soil of Jannah And then you're going to hear the, the sound of water So you're going to ask your guide what is this uh, He'll tell you that this is uh, a river Where is the river located? It's right beneath your palace So, you're going to wonder and say, I have a river running in my property. He'll tell you, this river belongs to you. It's all yours. So, you'll go to visit it. And you'll take a look at it and you'll ask the guide, what is this? He will tell you, this is a river of water. So, you'll go and pick up a cup and go and drink and it just tastes completely different than the water of this world. So, you're going to sit there and just going to take these cups and keep on drinking. Now, in Jannah, you're not drinking because you're thirsty. Because if you are one of the people of Jannah, you already had a drink that will satisfy your thirst for eternity. And that is, which drink? Al-Kawthar. On the Day of Judgment, an extension of Al-Kawthar will come to the place where the Day of Judgment has been held. Because Al-Kawthar is a river in Paradise that was given to Muhammad وسلم. But some of the water from Al-Kawthar will come to the place where the people are on the Day of Judgment. And Rasulullah ﷺ will be standing next to this pool or lake That is formed from the water of Al-Kawthar And he will be pouring water for his followers And he will do it with his own hands So if you are one of the Muslims And Rasulullah is making shafa for you Rasulullah ﷺ will call you, invite you And he will provide you with water from Al-Kawthar And he will feed it to you And that cup of water that you will drink from the hand of Rasulullah ﷺ will quench your thirst for eternity. You'll never feel thirsty. So then why are the people of Jannah drinking? Why are they eating? It is for pure pleasure. They don't need it. They don't need it for the nourishment of their bodies. It is just to enjoy the taste and the flavor of what they're eating and drinking. So you'll keep on drinking from this water and it all dissipates. It doesn't stay in your body. Rasulullah ﷺ says, It will come out as a burping, but it is with the smell of musk. So anything that you eat or drink will just dissipate. It will go away. So you're sitting there drinking from this river, and the guide is telling you what are you doing. He's saying this water tastes beautiful, wonderful. I just want to keep on drinking from it. He'll tell you, well, it's up to you. I'm your guide. I'll do whatever you want. But tell you what? You have another river that is better than this. So it's up to you. If you want to stay here and drink the whole river, you could do it. But if you want me to take you to other parts of your uh, real estate, I'll do that for you. So you'll say, "Let's go and visit this other river." You'll go together, you and your wife and the guide, and you'll go and you'll travel a thousand or two thousand miles to get this to this other uh, place of yours. Obviously, there's special forms of transportation in Jannah. and it's up to you if you want to drive slowly to enjoy the scenes or you want to go fast. Whatever you want. It's your choice. So you'll go and you'll visit this other river. And he'll tell you this is the river of milk. So you'll go and drink. It doesn't look like milk, doesn't taste like milk, doesn't smell like milk of this world. Something else. And you'll take a cup and you'll keep on drinking from it. And your wife is enjoying the taste of it. And then the guide, before you sit down and just start drinking, he'll tell you you have a third river that you have to visit. Which is better than this? So you go and travel to this other third river. And you see it. Huge river. Floating. And you'll ask, what is this? He'll tell you, this is the river of honey. And you have some of that to drink. And then you move on to the last river in your property. And that is the river of wine. So you'll spend some time over there drinking... From the wine from this river That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for you And then You'll have a tour around The springs You visited the rivers Next you will go to the springs But let's read the verse first Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says مثل
2: الجنة التي وعد المتقون فيها أنهار من وأنهار من لبن لم يتغير طعمه وانهار من لبن لم يتغير طعمه وانهار من خمر لذة للشاربين وانهار
1: وانهار
2: من عسل مصفى.
1: Here is a parable of the garden which the righteous are promised. In it are rivers of water incorruptible Rivers of milk Of which the taste never changes Rivers of wine A joy to those who drink And rivers of honey Pure and clear So The guide tells you Do you want us to go and visit The springs You'll say yes And then the guide will tell you But I have something better for you How about we go and visit The river that belongs to Rasulullah. And that is the river of Al kawthar So you ask him, is it okay to me to go and visit it? He says yes. Since you are part of the Ummah of Muhammad, all of you will have access to his river. He will allow you to go and drink from it. And this is the best river in paradise, and it originates from under the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's where it starts. And it goes all the way down, penetrating paradise. So you'll go to Al beautiful river. Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم says in Muslim: "بينما أنا أسير في الجنة إذا أنا بنهر حافتاه قباب الدر فإذا إذا أنا بنهر حفته قباب الدر المجوف. قلت ما هذا يا جبريل؟ قال هذا الكوثر الذي أعطاك ربك فإذا طينه مسك أذفر شك هدبه." Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, while I was walking in paradise on the night of Mi'raj, I saw a river on the two banks of which there were tents made of hollow pearls. I asked Jibreel, what is this? He said, that is the kawthar which your Lord has given to you. Behold, its scent or its mud was sharp smelling musk. Now when uh, you hear me saying that you have a guide, you might say that I'm making this up. But Rasulullah ﷺ, when he went to Jannah, he had a guide with him. And who was his guide? Jibreel ﷺ. So it's absolutely fine that you will have a guide with you, an angel from the angels of paradise going with you, showing you around. Remember that everyone is there in Jannah to serve you. Servants at home, servants when you go outside, whatever you want, you will be served. So you have this guide taking you around. So you go to al kawthar you have a drink from there, wonderful. The whole tour didn't cost you anything, free. And it wasn't for the summer vacation. This tour took you a few years to complete. And now you're uh, planning on having another tour to visit the springs and fountains of paradise. So you go around to these different springs of paradise, and you already know their names from dunya, because you read Qur'an, you have one called al sabil, you have this uh, particular spring that produces kafur, so you want to go and see it.
2: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says,
1: As to the righteous, they shall drink of a cup of wine mixed with kafur A fountain where the devotees of Allah do drink Making it flow in unstinted abundance So you'll go and you'll find other believers over there Drinking from these fountains You'll join them, have a chat with them And drink from the spring And then you'll move on to others <laughs> Truly the righteous will be in bliss. On thrones of dignity will they command the sight of all things. You will recognize in their faces the beaming brightness of bliss. They will be given to drink pure wine, sealed. The seal thereof will be of musk. So for this let the competitors compete. With it will be given a mixture of Tasneem, a spring from which those near to Allah will drink. And Allah says in another
2: ayah,
1: And they will be given to drink there of a cup of wine mixed with ginger, a fountain there called sal So you'll go around these different fountains which are mentioned in the Quran and you'll visit some others. So now all of these tours are taking you years to complete. And you start noticing something. You're noticing that there's no sun or moon. There's no darkness. There's no shadow. There's no summer. There's no winter. There's no fall. There's no spring. So you start wondering... How long is the day in Jannah And is there any night And you figure out That it's in Jannah There's no sleeping And it's constant daylight All the time And the only way You recognize whether whether It is daytime or night Is by a beam That comes from beneath the throne Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Otherwise it's all Light in Jannah Al-Qurtubi he says, ليس في الجنة ليل ولا نهار وإنما هم في نور دائم. Al-Qurtubi says there is no night or day in paradise, but it's continuous light. And Ibn Taymiyyah he says, والجنة ليس فيها شمس ولا قمر ولا ليل ولا نهار ولكن تعرف البكرة والعشية بنور يظهر من قبل العرش. Ibn Taymiyyah says there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no night, there's no day, but you know the morning from the afternoon, from night. By this beam of light that is coming from under the throne of Allah Allah
2: subhanahu wa ta'ala
1: says They will have their sustenance therein morning and evening So you're still following your guide And then you see this huge tree And you ask him what is this tree and it tells you this tree is the tree that was described by Rasulullah ﷺ in the hadith in Bukhari. قَالَ إِنَّ فِي الْجَنَّةِ يَسِيرُ فِي ظِلِّهَا مِئَةَ سَنَةٍ إِنْ وظل ممدود. The Prophet said, there is a tree in paradise which is so big and huge that a rider could travel in its shade for a hundred years. And if you wish, you can recite Allah's saying in shade long extended. So you see this huge tree and you can't even see the end of it. There's no end in sight. And it will take you a hundred years to cross it if you're traveling on a fast horse. And then you go into these other places and you find these different trees and trees that... They don't look the same. They look very different. And you're wondering and you're asking your guide. He will tell you, well, there are some trees... Where all of the branches are from gold. There are some trees where all of the branches are silver. There are trees that produce clothes. There are trees for fruits, and he takes you around in this tour where you could visit some of the trees of Jannah. For example, he will take you to see Sidrat al-Muntaha. The Rasulullah ﷺ says, "When I was taken to Sidrat al-Muntaha, whose leaves were like elephant ears." And its fruit like big earthenware vessels So the fruit are large And the leaves are as big as elephant ears Once Rasulullah ﷺ was speaking about Jannah So a man asked Rasulullah ﷺ He said O Messenger of Allah Are the clothes of Jannah Created Or are they woven Do you have somebody who is Woven these clothes Or are they created the way they are so the sahaba laughed They thought this was a stupid question Rasulullah sallallahu said Why are you laughing? From somebody who is asking and want to learn Rasulullah sallallahu min wa says, yasalu says Are you laughing because he is ignorant And he's asking somebody who knows In other words Rasulullah sallallahu wa was saying There is no question that is stupid There is no question that doesn't make sense If a person does not know they can ask And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, Responded back to the man and told him The clothes of Jannah come out from the trees of Jannah. So you have trees in Jannah. So now you're wearing these clothes with your wife. And you go next to this tree. And you just point to any fruit on this tree. And it will open up. And you have a new set of clothes in there waiting for you. So you get for yourself a few pairs. And your wife will stay there and just pick up more. Obviously. Will take a lot of clothes. And... uh, You move on, and you're carrying all of these clothes with you. Obviously, you're not going to be carrying them. You'll have a shopping cart, and one of the servants is carrying the clothes for you. And uh, you'll go to another tree. And the fruits on this tree look like oranges. And you already had oranges a few days ago. So the servant will tell you, do you want some of these oranges? You will say, no, I already had oranges a few days ago. He'll tell you, uh, no, I'll give you some more because these oranges are different. So you grab one of these huge oranges and you taste it and it tastes different. It's getting better. And every orange that you have tastes better than the orange before it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs>
2: قَالُوا هَذَا الَّذِي رُزِقْنَا مِنْ قَبِلُ وَأُتُوبِهِ مُتَشَابِهَا
1: Every time they are fed with fruits therefrom, they will say, why? This is what we were fed with before. For they are given things in similitude. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that they would complain and they say, this is the same food that we had a few days ago but it is different. So you can see how picky the people of Jannah become They don't even want to have the same food again But then They will realize that it only gets better Every time They try the same food again It will have a better taste Rasulullah sallallahu الله, الله عليه وسلم Says in the Tirmidhi Ma في jannati shajara Illa wasaquha min ذهب. Rasulullah sallallahu الله, الله عليه وسلم says The trees of paradise The branches and the trunk of it Are made of gold now How can you increase your share In the trees of Jannah What can you do Rasulullah sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, He met with Ibrahim alayhi salam In al-Isra wa al-Mi'raj And Ibrahim alayhi salam Is the father of this ummah He is our father And he wants the best for our ummah So even though Ibrahim Died Thousands of years before Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa And is so detached from this ummah In terms of the time span But he was still very eager to help us out And since now Ibrahim alayhi salam is in Jannah He has experience And he's trying to help Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa with this So he told him Ya Muhammad Aqri' ummatak minni salam Wa akhbir hum anna al janna ta taibat turba Azbat ul ma'an Wa anna haqiaan Wa anna ghiraasaha subhanallahi Walhamdulillahi Wala la ilaha illa Allah Wallahu akbar Ibrahim alayhi salam is now giving advice To his son Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam is his son He is the descendant of Ibrahim alayhi salam So now you have the father speaking to the son Giving him a fatherly advice And the reason why Ibrahim alayhi salam Cares about us it's because you are the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Ibrahim alayhi salam told Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, look at, they had this meeting in Jannah, in Isra al-Miraj, and look at what Ibrahim alayhi salam was telling Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He told him, O oh Muhammad, give your ummah my salam. So Ibrahim alayhi salam wants Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam to deliver salam to us. Give your ummah my salam. And tell them that paradise is beautiful. Its water is pure. And its soil is clean And tell them that it is vast, huge Pieces of land And the trees of Jannah Are subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa akbar So if you want a tree to grow for you in Jannah All what you have to do is Say subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa akbar You know those in your car you have a radio When you turn the power on uh, The antenna goes up As soon as you turn it on The antenna pops up Same thing Say subhanallah Alhamdulillah A tree will grow for you in Jannah It's that easy Just turn the knob on You'll have a tree Very simple and easy Use your time in dunya To grow acres Of these trees Just keep on building houses And planting trees Work on it from dunya Prepare yourself for Jannah you don't want to go there and find that you have an empty piece of land That has nothing but grass You already have a lot of it here in Scotland You want to have trees over there So Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, Wallahu akbar A tree will grow for you in Jannah If you want to have some treasures in paradise La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Kanzul min jannah La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Is a treasure of the treasures of paradise What about the uh, Animals and birds of Jannah. Uh, Rasulullah was asked about Al Kawthar. So he said, It is a river which Allah has given to me. It is more white than milk and it is sweeter than honey. And there are some birds in it that drink from it, and their necks are like the necks of camels. So Rasulullah is saying that these birds are so huge and well fed. No hormones involved They're purely drinking from Al-Kawthar That's how they're growing Because sometimes we associate size With uh, hormones and not being healthy Everything in Jannah is organic Don't worry about any pesticides Chemicals, nothing Rasulullah sallallahu is saying The necks of on these birds is as tall You've seen the neck of a camel It's huge It's the largest neck It's only second to the neck of a, a giraffe so Rasulullah is saying their necks are like the necks of camels Umar al-Khattab was in the audience and he said Subhanallah, those birds are having fun, they're enjoying it I mean if the neck of, on, on a bird is like a neck of a camel That bird must be having a lot of fun Rasulullah wasallam said, oh Umar, the ones who eat those birds are going to have more fun So yes the birds are enjoying themselves But the ones who are going to end up eating them are the ones who have a lot of fun in Jannah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says In Natil Katilana akalatuha and naamu minha amar. The ones who eat them will enjoy it more. Allah subhanahu wa
2: ta'ala
1: says and the flesh of birds, any that they may desire. So you see this bird flying in the air and it really opens up your appetite. And you just make a request, and you point towards it, and there it is, ready on your platter. Roasted, and you can have it for your meal. You don't have to wait until uh, the barbecue is uh, ignited, and you don't have to uh, wait for half an hour until it's roasted immediately. It's ready for you to eat. So uh, you're still on this tour with your wife Enjoying all the different dishes that you can have in Jannah You're going from one restaurant to another Spending your days Days on end uh, Out of your mansion And going around Seeing everything that Allah has given you And you realize that uh, This is endless Uh, You're not going to be able to see all of your property Uh, So you'll go back home to rest and to enjoy yourself and then Continue on the journey later on Because think about it If the lowest level In Jannah is ten times this, this earth How much time Will it take such a person to go And visit what Allah has given them I mean if you're living here in Scotland Which is considered considerably A small country And let's assume that you were born Here and lived here for all of your life I'm pretty sure that you don't even know 25% of Scotland. All what you know is the areas that you visited, maybe Edinburgh, Dundee, the, uh, Glasgow, Aberdeen, and a few other towns that you visited, then that's it. You've drove on all of the highways, so you've seen the right side and the left side of these highways. But it didn't go deep into the other acres of land that are in Scotland. And if you want to visit every part of this country, it's going to take you years. And we're talking about a very, very small part of this world. And then in this world, four-fifths of the world is water to start with. So, for you to travel around and see the property that Allah has given you in Jannah will take you years and years, hundreds of years, centuries, to go through it. Imagine it's taking you centuries just to go through the property that Allah has given you. So you'll go back home, and you'll have a cup of uh, wine from uh, Jannah. Round will be passed to them a cup from a clear flowing fountain. بيضاء. بيضاء Crystal white, of a taste delicious to those who drink it. عَنْهَا ينزفون. Free from headiness, nor will they suffer intoxication therefrom. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says,
2: يُسْقَوْنَ
1: مِنْ رحيق
2: مَخْتُومٍ خِتَامُهُ مِسْكٍ وَفِي ذَلِكَ الْمُتَنَافِسُونَ
1: Ibn Kathir, he says, لا رؤوسهم وَلَا تَنْزِفُ عُقُولَهُمْ بَلْ هِيَ ثابتة مَعَ الشدة الْمُطْرِبَةِ واللذة الحاصلة. Ibn Kathir, he says, it will not cause them headache, uh, nor will it make them lose their minds. Ibn Abbas, he says, there are four negative aspects of alcohol, of wine. Number one, sukr, drunkenness. Number two, suda, headache. Number three, increased urination, al-bawl. And number four, القيل. Nausea and vomiting These are four negative aspects or side effects of drinking People get drunk and that's not good It causes headache and that's not good It causes increased urination And finally it causes vomiting Ibn Abbas says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purified the wine of Jannah from all of these four things So it does not cause drunkenness People in Jannah are not going to be drunk They're drinking a lot of wine but it's not going to make them drunk It's going to make them happy It's going to give them pleasure Everything in dunya Everything in dunya is a mixture of pleasure And pain Everything in dunya There is nothing that is pure There is nothing that is completely good And there is nothing that is absolutely bad Otherwise Allah would have made this dunya as Jannah or not But because everything in this world is contaminated This world does not qualify as Jannah Because it's not good enough Neither does it qualify as hellfire Because it's not bad enough it's somewhere in between. So the wine that people drink in this world, there's a reason why they drink it, because it gives them some kind of uh, good feeling. But then it comes with all of these side effects. And that's why it was made haram in Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does say that there's some benefit in it, but the negative aspects of it outweigh the benefits. wa min Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the sin coming from it is greater than the benefit of it. But in Jannah it will be purified from all of these side effects, and it will be pure pleasure. Now, why do the people of Jannah eat? Why would they eat? al qurtubi says, al-Jannah wa ليس عن دفع أكلهم عن ولا عن An ولا تطيبهم وإنما هي لذات متتابعة.
2: إِنَّ لَا تَجُوْعَ فِيهَا وَلَا تَعْرَى وَأَنَّكَ تَضْمَأُ فِيهَا تَضْحَى
1: Al-Qurtubi says, the people of Jannah, they do not eat to uh, relieve themselves of pain of hunger. And they do not drink to quench thirst. And they do not put perfume or scents on to eliminate bad smell. He said the reason why they eat, drink and use all of these perfumes and scents is because they want to have pleasures following each other. And they want to have a continuous enjoyment. And then he says, and look at the two verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Adam alayhis salam in Jannah there is therein enough provision for thee not to go hungry nor to go naked. So we're not putting clothes in Jannah to cover our nakedness. And we're not eating To relieve ourselves from hunger Nor do you suffer from thirst Nor from the sun's heat So everything that is done in Jannah Is for the purpose of pleasure and pleasure alone And then he says وَحِكْمَةُ And then the Qurtubi says. Everything that that people used to like in this world They will be given similar to it in Jannah But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hiding for them Things that they don't even know about uh, There a, was a question about uh, whether a, If a sister was divorced or widowed Married again What happens? Who will she be married to in Jannah? First of all uh, Men and women uh, If a man is married to a woman They're both going to Jannah they will be together in Jannah Even if there is a difference in status If the woman is better than the man Or the man is better than the woman They will be brought together How will that affect their, uh, their statuses? Allah? But we know that they will be brought together They will not be separated Because of the differences in their deeds And alam, uh, The lower level will uh, jump up to the higher level Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not bring someone down Allah out of his mercy will only raise the levels of the people. So if the wife was better than the husband, the husband will catch up, and vice versa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Jannatu Adini yadkhulunaha wa
2: man salaha <laughs> min aabaihim wa azwajihim wa durriyatihim wal malaiikatu alayhim min
1: kulli bab." Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Gardens of perpetual bliss They shall enter there As well as the righteous Among their fathers Their spouses And their offspring And angels shall enter unto them From every gate The Angels will be going around Visiting them And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says They and their wives Will be in groves of cool shade Reclining on thrones of dignity So they will be brought together with their wives Enter the garden You and your wives In beauty and rejoicing So they will all be greeted into Jannah The men and woman. Now what happens in the situation Where a man passes away And his wife marries after him Now, for the other scenario where the wife passes away and then the man marries, he will be together with his first wife and his second wife. All of them will be together. But in the case of a husband, when the husband dies, he leaves behind a wife, a widow. She goes on and marries somebody else. What will happen? Who will she be married to in Jannah? There is a a narration... That Muawiyah رضي الله عنه, Wanted to marry The wife of Abu Darda رضي الله عنه. So Ummu Darda refused And she said I heard my husband Abu Darda say That Rasulullah صلى الله عليه said A woman will marry her last husband in dunya The woman would marry in Jannah Her last husband in dunya Now this hadith is ضعيف But it is strengthened by two other narrations The first one is Asma bint Abi Bakr The daughter of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq She was married to a Zubair Bil Awam, one of the ten Who were granted paradise She went and complained About her husband to her father She went to her father and said My husband is very tough In treating me He is very uh, strict He was very strict with her So she went and complained to her father as zubair ibn al Awam uh, was a very strong man He was a faris, he was a knight Such a powerful man He was one of the strongest of a sahaba In one of the battles He hit the enemy The enemy was on a horse He hit him on the head And his sword went all the way down Until it hit, it hit the saddle So he cut the person into two halves And then he chopped the saddle So the saddle fell on both sides so some of the other Muslim soldiers who were there They said You have such a sharp and powerful sword As Zubair ibn al Looked at them angry and said It's not the sword, it's my arm Don't give credit to the sword This is my arm So that was Zubair ibn al anhu In one battle He was such a fierce and strong fighter In one battle He had a one on one fight With one of the Al-Fursan With another knight and this knight was covered in steel from head to toe. Armory. Covering his whole body. With the exception of a small hole for his eyes to peek out. Just a small narrow band where he could see. Everything else in his body is covered. So Zubair ibn al he took a spear. And he grabbed the guy and he hit him with the spear from this small hole for his eyes. But obviously the blade on the spear is large. So he kept on pushing this spear in with his arms and then he pushed it in with his foot until the whole blade went through and it cut through the iron and the blade itself, a blade of a spear which is a huge piece of metal, it bended. The blade on the spear bended. So when he pulled it out, the Muslims, they came and saw this, uh, this blade bended. They couldn't believe their eyes. This spear... Abu Bakr requested that he wanted to have it with him As a souvenir And Abu Bakr رضي anhu Kept it with him until he died And then Umar ibn Khattab requested that he wanted to have it This is such an artifact that they wanted to have with them Souvenir, so Umar ibn Khattab took it And then when he passed away, Uthman ibn Affan took it And it remained with him until he passed away And then Abdullah ibn Zubayr, his son He got it back And it remained with him until he died so Zubair awam was this kind of person who was very strong. But he was very strict in his dealing with his wife Asma. Uh, so she went to her father and she complained about him. And Abu Bakr As-Siddiq didn't have a problem in her complaint. Meaning that may, her complaint was valid. Because he was having her do all of this laborious work, uh, tough work. And then in addition to that he was very strict with her. So Abu Bakr As-Siddiq عنه, uh, told her the following. He said... Ya Bunayya Asbiri, فَإِنَّ الْمَرَأَى إِذَا كَانَ لَهَا زَوْجٌ صَالِحَ ثُمَّ مَاتَ عَنْهَا فَلَمْ تَزَوَجْ بَعْدَةً جَمَعَ اللَّهُ بَيْنَهُمَا فِي الْجَنَّةِ Abu Bakr said, "Oh my daughter, please be patient. Because a woman, if she has a righteous husband and then he dies and she does not marry after him, Allah will bring them together in Jannah. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq realized that his daughter maybe is going through some tough times with her husband But he wanted her to be patient because Abu Bakr as-Siddiq knew that his Zubayr ibn al will have one of the highest statuses in paradise And he wanted his daughter to be up there with him So he said be patient with your husband in dunya It's not all about dunya And this is also an advice that I would give to the brothers and sisters In case there is something that you don't like about your wife Or the wife does not like some things about the husband But they are righteous Be patient Because it's not about dunya A woman came to Umar ibn Khattab and said Oh Khalifa, I don't love my husband Umar ibn Khattab looked back to her and said Marriages are not all established on love It is a cooperation in dunya And then we're going to pass away It's not all just romantic love That brings a husband and wife it is about a house that they're establishing, raising a Muslim family, bringing up children in a righteous environment. That is what a family is about. And there needs to be some compassion and all that, but Rasulullah says, uh, Don't be harsh with your spouses because if you don't like something in them, there's something else that is good that you love in them. And it should compensate. Abu Bakr said, Be patient. Because the al-Awam is going to be way up there. And I want you to be with him. It's not just that you should walk away. or No, just leave your husband. Come and I'll find a better husband for you. No, be patient because it's not about dunya. We are not going to get our pleasure and reward in dunya. We're going to get it in akhirah. The final uh, narration is that Hudayfa, when he was dying, he told his wife, إِنْ شِئْتِ أَنْ تَكُونِي زَوْجِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ فَلَا تَزَوَّجِي بَعْدِي فَإِنَّ الْمَرْأَةِ فِي الْجَنَّةِ لِآخِرِ أَزْوَاجِهَا فِي الْدُّنِيَا He said, oh my beloved wife, if you want to be my wife in akhirah, in jannah, then do not marry anyone after me. Because I heard Rasulullah wasallam say that you will be with your last husband. This is regarding one issue relating to sisters. Another issue that I want to talk about relating to sisters and we'll close with this. A question sometimes comes up And it might even be there already in the pile The issue of Al-Hur al ain And the fact that the man will have all of these wives In Jannah So sometimes our sisters felt left out I mean the husband is having all of this fun He's marrying all of these women I was able to keep guard on him very well in dunya. I didn't allow him to get married on me But then here he goes to Jannah And he has all of these women with him So what's the deal with that? Dear sisters, first of all Let's get it straight that in Jannah you will have no bad feelings, first of all. Nobody will have any bad feelings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we have taken out of their hearts any bad feelings. So there's not going to be any jealousy, no pain, no suffering, no despair, nothing of this in Jannah. And number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows his creation, he knows what men want. And He knows what women want. And Allah will give everyone what will make them happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that men want to have a lot of wives. That's a fact. And anybody who is saying otherwise is not really telling their wives the truth. This is the fact of the matter. This is how men are created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them what they want. Everyone in Jannah will have at least two wives. And women, they have certain desires and needs. And all of these desires and needs will be fulfilled in Jannah and more. So there shouldn't be any uh, bad feelings That how come uh, Also from a psychological point of view A woman would never desire to have More than one husband See so even the psychological makeup Of females Is different than males And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best His creation No one will know what will satisfy you More than Allah Ibn qayyim says That The scholars of religion are needed in dunya and akhirah. He said, Muslims need scholars in dunya to guide them to the straight path. And they need them in Jannah to know what to ask Allah for. So we don't even know what's good for us. And we might even need to refer to scholars in Jannah asking, what should I ask Allah for? But Allah knows what you want. And Allah will give it to you. So uh, don't worry that your husband will have hurlain or will have you will be very, very happy in Jannah. For further information, please contact Al-Bashir Publications and Translations at 18777453330 745
0: 3330 or 303 574 zero zero nine five our fax number is three zero three three seven three zero nine four three or visit our website at www.albashir.com that's wwwal com. You can also write to our address at ten five one five east fortieth avenue Suite 108, Denver, Colorado, 80239-3264. Please proceed to the next CD.